everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode was good. So good. And I hope our recording goes better than the three times we've tried to record this already. This This is intro number three, folks. Yeah. Um, And every time we've talked about how good it is, though. So it's... (laughs) It's really it's good. That good. Because normally I would say it on the first one and then just give up after that and be like, yeah. let's just get to the recap. Uh, no, it's good. It's called The Black Candle Confession. Did you think and, it was going to be good based on that? Oh, yeah. I immediately thought witches. I thought the craft. I pictured Keith and the three Shakespeare witches, double, double toil and trouble, but he's like leaning onto the cauldron. And I'm like, it's hot, Keith. Like, don't try to like tempt fate. And it's good. It's dangerous. And um, he's going to burn himself like the blues and the cornballer. And <laughs> none of that happened per se, but I still thought it was a good episode. If you were going to guess, how long would you say that I spent in the internet black hole looking up satanic panic? Probably a lot. Yeah, a lot. Because something about this episode, like, we'll get to it, but I have feelings and I'm fascinated by that whole thing that happened. Like people being freaked out by Satanism. I mean, look, Satanism is freaky, but like, I don't know. It's a fascinating phenomenon to me. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Um, so this is Keith Morrison, uh, January 17th, 2020, season 27, episode 12. And it was late. It was too late for little nine-year-old girls to be awake. I don't like it. I don't really like when he says little girls. And I didn't like the little rhyme thing. That I told like, yeah, none of that is okay. And especially not when we're growing in knowing that this episode is called something like the Black Candle Confessional. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, what's it called? Black Candle. Confession. <laughs> Confessions of a Black Candle. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So two young girls were having a sleepover and they snuck downstairs and they saw a woman lighting black candles and sobbing and apologizing to a man that they knew to be dead. That's how this episode starts, y'all. And then we rewind, like, so we rewind a few weeks earlier. This is in 1992 in West Liberty, Iowa. A woman named Jody Husk found her fiance, 22-year-old Corey Winacki, bloody and dead. And I don't know that expression that you're making. Eh, I didn't realize Jody's last name was Husk. Yeah. You're living in a in a heavy corn state. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about it. There's a lot there. There's a lot of teasing, a lot of, hey, do you own this whole town? That whole field over there, Jody, does your parents own it? You're like, yeah, hey, are you a corn. children of the corn? Like, Yeah, watch out for Jody. She'll kill you. Well. <laughs> that's not a really good joke. Children I've are never, very creative. I have, I've actually not seen children of the corn. Do they kill? Do the children of the corn kill people? They yes. do, right? They're I can't murderers. believe you've never seen it. Yes. And there's one head guy who's like a teenager and he's the creepiest teenager that, and teenagers are inherently kind of creepy, teenage boys, because yeah. yeah, they're bags of wieners. And yeah. this guy is by far the creepiest. They're blonde? Yeah. Okay. So it's like flowers in the attic, but in the corn maze. 
Like yeah. flowers in the attic don't kill anyone. And it's Correct. actually really sad. And it's actually, um, they are the victims in that. They are so the it's victims. nothing Excuse like me. that. So it's nothing like flowers yeah. in the attic, except yeah. that the book cover of flowers in the mm-hmm. attic leads you to believe that it's much scarier than it actually is. No, the movie scared me so badly, flowers in the attic. Yeah, it wasn't the children that scared me. It was everything else. So anyways, Jody finds her fiance, Corey, dead. And then Not we, in an attic. In no. an actual house. Yes. There's a police officer, last name Ryan, who is mustachioed from 1992 to the present. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes we like Detective Ryan and sometimes we don't. I had mixed feelings about him. I feel like it's 80-20, though. It's more like than dislike, Yes, right? 100%. More okay. 80-20, yes. So Corey, he finds, he goes to the scene. Corey has been attacked while he was sleeping and beaten Oy. to death. There's Oy. blood everywhere, but no murder weapon until a local reporter finds a baseball bat by the side of the road and it's covered with blood. There's no fingerprints on the bat, but it was Corey's blood. There's no DNA. There's no detailed DNA in 1992. They can basically test for blood type. So it was the same blood type as Corey, which I don't like because like, OK, so it's O. So is everyone like you can't just say, well, it's Corey's blood. Can't they just say it was Corey's blood? No, I thought they, they, they said matched it was the Corey's type. Blood. They said okay. specifically type. And I was like, oh, type. No, it doesn't that count. doesn't count. But I mean, also, he apparently looked horrific. Yeah. And ba- I don't know. I got to say, for weapon of choice, as far as evil goes, baseball bats way up there for me. That's not OK. That's real, isn't it? When I took a Louisville slugger to both headlights of yeah. my boyfriend who cheated on me, um, yeah. it felt real good. And but uh, again, the second lyric of that, I took a Louisville slugger to both headlights, wrapped a something out of sight. What is it? What's the second lyric? Uh, I took a Louisville slugger yeah, to both headlights, headlights, snatched a hole in, hole all, in four all four tires. tires. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Maybe next time he'll think mm-hmm. before he cheats. Mm-hmm. Or maybe next maybe. time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is a very small town, like 2,000 people. Really, Real really small. small. So Corey was, get ready, pull out your bingo cards, folks. Yeah, here we go. He was a hometown hero. He, he was, was a also football star. Built like a sequoia with biceps. He's built like a sequoia with biceps. That's a sexy tree, ladies and gentlemen. Is that it's how like you the giving me? tree, but it gives in a whole different way. Oh, yeah. It gives you tickets to its gun show. Corey, hometown hero, football star. Jody was a cheerleader. They were like one of those couples. Mm -hmm. And Corey was also life of the party. So we get a twofer in a matter of two seconds. Mark it off your cards. He was also a fan of the blondish facial hair that you know is not my favorite. I do know. But he's the victim. It's Spencer Pratt really ruined any sort of blonde facial hair for me. And then when Kathy Griffin was making fun of it and calling it like flesh colored mustache. Oh my goodness. How many that of, just grosses me out. How many are we how many pictures are we seeing with of him with facial hair? Because I feel like most of the ones are without. No, there's always a little mustache. It's so light that you can't see it. Okay, yeah, blonde. they must be real light because yeah. I did not really okay. Well yeah. it's nineteen ninety two. I don't know. Yeah. So he worked at the family business, a bar called Winks. There we go. Cute. Not cute. Cute. (laughs) Yes. Super cute. And also because they describe it like Cheers, which is my favorite theme song of all time. 
It made me want to go there. You're so basic. I, I want to go where everyone knows my name. You're no, I've liked that song since that used to be on Nick at Night. And I got real excited. And I would always like lean in because I wasn't allowed to watch it because it's about a bar, you know, and I might be corrupted. <laughs> there was a lot of... Um, my parents were real smart. <laughs> sexy stuff going on in that show too. I didn't know, but I knew I loved the theme song. And I was like, oh... I'm going to go like that. I'm going to be there that at like the place like that Cosby one day. That was like on Cosby Show. Were you allowed to watch Cosby Show? I was. Cosby Which show now holds up differently. Um, and you'd probably prefer to watch Cheers nowadays. Yeah. Choices. Choices. Um, the So he worked. Oh, boy. Corey worked the width and length of that bar like an empresario. Was Keith, that the quote? Oh, Keith, you're, Keith. Keith kills it this episode. Let's just state that way out in front. He was like throwing around word salad. If anyone has it in the one air of those fall. boards that basic bees, like I have one, so I can't even talk. You know what I'm talking about? The like black boards, but you have the white letters on them, you know, yeah. and you say live, laugh, love on it. Just start putting Keith quotes on him because. Put that quote on it. Put that. He worked the width and length that bar like an empresario. I would like that in the, the swirly cursive mm. on a mm-hmm. tote bag. Mm-hmm. I would carry that to not yoga, but I would carry it. The bar was a neighborhood hangout. Everybody knew your name and Corey's name. And we see Keith at the bar leaning on a bar stool, which is hard to do, except there was a back to the bar stool. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm less impressed. And then Corey did have a kind of addiction. He didn't do really a lot of drugs. His friends did some drugs. He did drink a lot. He had another kind of addiction. Let's say Keith makes it sound like it's his only addiction. His real addiction, though, women. Woman. The ladies. Yeah. He was a ladies' man. They don't hold back. At least they let us know. And they did that in a couple... That episode a few years ago was Mike. Is that Mm, who it was? The guy who kicked out one girlfriend so the other girlfriend can move in. Yeah. And yeah. they let you know, like, right up front, this is what kind of... And they didn't love him any less for it. It was just they knew it about him. Also, I'm going to give him a break. He's 22. He looks a lot older than 22 in the picture, so I kept being surprised. And You can give him a break for being a hound dog, but he is engaged. He's also engaged. And even at 22, you know that you're not supposed to do that when you're engaged. So here's what I'm thinking. 22 Iowa. Is that like 30 California? Um, maybe. And maybe also you're getting engaged at 19. Maybe in small town, this small town, it is very common to be engaged right after high school. So he, he's he been engaged to his high school sweetheart, but that doesn't mean that How he's not going to sow his wild oats. Doesn't. Keith is flabbergasted because he just... Keith doesn't understands hound dogism, except he's a one lady guy. He's mostly flabbergasted by the technical nature of this like how does this happen in a small town when everyone knows each other so first he asked the cop and the cop is like well it happens and then keith talks to Corey's cousin and again he's like how did he do that everyone how did he do that and the cousin says time management Here's what here's what I don't like is that everyone's answering those questions like Keith is asking a rhetorical question. Right. Like Keith's just like, how does this no, happen? And Keith wants and Keith to know. Is specifically like, no, I understand. Yeah. Ha ha. Seriously. <laughs> how did he do yeah. this? 
Yeah. Because this doesn't make a lot of logical sense yeah. that he would be dating not one, two, three. Like, we don't know how many. They don't even give us a real number. They lead us to believe that it's multiple towns. I think multiple it's at women. least like six at a time. I think it's just girls that are coming into the bar. Yeah. And he's and he like, goes home with oh. them. Yeah. And various ages mm-hmm. and colors of hair. I don't know. I'm confused. There's no type. It's just women, period. But did you know, Katie, that messing around with a woman with a wife or fiance at home has been known to shorten a man's life expectancy? Because Keith tells us that. That's Does that but that means he's more likely to be murdered, right? That's what Keith is saying, yeah. That's good. He hosts Dateline. He's, <laughs> he's seen it before. So yeah. Corey is sleeping with lots of ladies from this town, from other towns, women with children, women without children, all ages. Jody, the fiance, obviously has a motive now because she's been cheated on compulsively. So her story is she left for work in the morning, said bye to Corey, came home from work after like at six or so, found him. Jody's friend, this, she killed me. She says, well, Jody did know about the cheating because I told her. <laughs> and she said she was just staying with him because she loved him that much. Then we find out it's not just that he was cheating. Yeah, he it's not. fathered a child with there a woman named Wendy. No. And again, Jody's friend tells us she knew about that too because I told her. Like, how is this friend still alive? She's spilling secrets all over town. I guess it's girl code and you have to. No, it's a good friend. Would you tell me? Yeah. Yeah, I would tell you too. And I would expect you to do the right thing, which would be leave that person. But yeah. well, we're not here to judge Jody. I'm not here to judge Jody. Judge and also, Ju- Jody. Jody is, no, jo- <laughs> Judge Jody. Don't be so Judge Jody. Baloney! Judge Jude. Judge. <laughs> got me. Jody is very young as well. Yes, so that's true. she is in love with this guy right. and thinks that they're going to work it out. And right. I do understand that, but it's frustrating because if it's that far, if it's a baby daddy to a baby to a baby before you have your first baby with him and you're engaged to him, you're in for a lifetime of possible trouble. So this farmer had driven by the, on this gravel road and he had not seen the bat in the morning, but then he had seen the bat again, or he had seen the bat for the first time at 1.30 p.m. So that gives oh, the okay. police this window and Jody was at work this whole time. So it seems to let her off the hook. So they clear her, which is very funny because in our last episode, they like refused to clear someone for 25 years yeah, that's because true. they were still working on the case. They said, well, we don't clear someone if we have an open case. But apparently these people do because they cleared Jody, and she leaves town. And some people were really suspicious of her for leaving town. And some people were like, well, she just needed to get away from all the gossipers who thought she had something to do with it. But then even the people who thought she was innocent, some of them started to think she was guilty when she left town. So, right. She, she can't win. She There's can't win. absolutely no win here for Jody. Yeah. yeah. So, and plus her fiance, who she loves, is dead. Yeah, there's that. So, so then they go to Wendy. Was Wendy homicidally jealous? She admitted to the police that Corey was the baby daddy and she had accepted that he wasn't going to leave Jody. So, she seemed okay with the sitch and she has an alibi too. Hmm. Hmm. So, then there's Annette. Annette is a single mom with two kids and she thought that she had a future with Corey. 
which we already think she's crazy for. And now we really think she's crazy when we see the pictures because there's some glasses. Well, glasses are okay. It's more the fact that she's- It was like transition lenses. Well, transition lenses can be cool as we saw on that Hollywood guy the other week. I liked him. What was his name? Riff? Who was that guy? Do you know who I'm talking about? He was the stuntman's friend. Oh, right. Yeah, that was the Joe Pesci episode. Yeah. Well, he can pull it off. He's a stuntman who's like- I think she just had very thick lenses. I think she had- No, they were colored and on Stranger Things? Yes, a little bit. A little bit. But unfortunately, the biggest problem- R.I.P. Barb. You deserve better. R.I.P. Barb. I would say the biggest problem with Annette is that she's 29 years old. Right. She's older than Corey. Not, I mean, it's not that big of a difference. It is a big difference. I when am going to say 22. 22 and 29, you think is that big of a deal? For a man to be 22? Maybe. And but we just said she, 22 is like 30. And she to be, no, 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 California. No, no. They're, I'm saying like expected to get married wise. That that was only in that scenario. I'm saying he's 22. He's playing the field. Right. He's like, he's a sequoia with biceps, right? right. So he's this super handsome guy in town, like this charming Casanova of the bar. He bar, yeah. Called Winks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like, I don't know, I think, and she is a single mom of two that's, that's staring down the barrel of 30. <laughs> like a Chinese bullet like train. Like a, is that what they called it? The Chinese <laughs> Thanks, Keith. That was 40. I still haven't forgiven you for that, Keith. So there's something like slightly less doom filled that's um, for 30. I don't right. know what it is. It's like. Yeah. It's an Amtrak. Yeah, it's, it's slower. Um, but I'm just saying, I feel like there is a big difference between that. And then the fact that she it's thinks it's going to. It's a Greyhound bus. <laughs> it's a gondola. So <laughs> she's, on the, she's on the lazy gondola of looking towards 30. The bright horizon of 30. Okay. Anyways, she, I feel like. She totally isn't <laughs> a thousand times more ridden by like a really out of shape guy. Like, what are those things that you see in Las Vegas where everyone pedals and like you're oh, drinking yeah. and riding? What's yeah, that called? I always I wanted to go that's... on one of those, even though I don't yeah. drink. It just looks really dangerous. And What's fun. that called? The drinky bike? Um, but I, I'm what I'm trying to get out of my mouth is that I think that she's more than delusional because she actually thought it was going somewhere and she definitely should know better. Yeah, yeah. They're in d- different places in their lives. She's a mom of two kids looking to settle down and he's out playing the field and both of them should have realized that they both want different things, but especially her, like especially at, being a mom her. of these being two a kids mom. should know Correct. that this is going somewhere not in the same way. Right. So she keeps coming to the investigators trying to help out, maybe a little too helpful, giving tips. She says he came by her house the night before for sex, but she has an alibi and she passed a polygraph. So it's not Annette. But he, I totally thought it was Annette at this point. Yeah. Because the minute they said she kept coming to the police with tips, I'm like, okay, well, it's definitely her. Don't be too helpful, folks. Yeah. It makes you look super shady. So Keith asked if, oh, this is good. This was when I was not a super fan of Detective Ryan is Keith asks, did you guys record her interviews? And the cop it goes, <laughs> this is 1992, Keith. So here's a couple things, okay? I didn't say it like that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So He's defensive. It's 1992, so sure. tape recorders don't exist? No. Nah. What? I mean, I had a um, 
Teddy Ruxpin in the 80s, and that had a tape recorder inside of it. So get with the program. Also, he called Keith Keith, and I think I added that to the bingo cards. Because we we do have strong feelings when they call the person, their host, by their first first name. name. Right. I mean, I barely, I can't call anyone by their first name. No, you get get so paranoid because your mom did a number on you and made you think you have to call my mom like Mrs. Blank. I'm not going to say my last name. Every single time. Every single time. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. So So I just call her nothing. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, So he says, yeah, it's 1992, Keith. And Keith goes... I know. Oh, I know. Like, I know. I'm going to go watch that again because I heard that very different. I heard, well, you know, it was 1992. That's how I heard him say it. I want to see if he said it like how you said it. Okay. It's 1992, Keith. That's how I heard it. <laughs> I don't think that's... God. I think it's somewhere between what I heard and what you heard is the truth. Like, therein lies right. the truth. Yeah. But it's not at the two polar extremes. Uh, that's fair. So the case goes cold. There are no more leads to follow. And it broke the family's heart. And Detective Ryan was a good guy. And he really, really wanted to keep going with this case. So they just had yeah. nothing. So soon after Corey's death and after Jody moved away, Jody calls Corey's parents and says she's pregnant. And they're thrilled because they're assuming it's Corey's. She's saying it's yeah. Corey's. And it is. We have no reason to not believe it's Corey's. Um, they're thrilled because they have a piece left of Corey. Yeah. This is wonderful for them. So happy. A couple people on Twitter did note wondering if they were as happy about Wendy's pregnancy. They don't seem to. Oh my goodness, I completely forgot about Wendy. Where, right? Where's Wendy? They where's have a grandbaby. Baby? Oh my goodness, I completely forgot. I did Thank too you. until on Twitter, people were like, um, did they care that Wendy had his baby too? Oh, that's total. But did what? Oh, that my was goodness. an open town secret. That's how they made it seem. Like it wasn't well, confirmed, but Wendy confirmed it to the police. So did they think that that was an illegitimate baby? And so they weren't going to be nice to engaged? Wendy's baby? I don't think no. that what Corey's parents are like I think they're like excited. That. No, I they just, seem very nice. Maybe they hadn't heard that rumor somehow. They weren't spending enough time at Wink's. But it they seems heard like the rumor. everyone knew. Like yeah, everyone, everyone in the knew. town knew. So it's that's very odd. But I think that Wendy and Jody need to talk because they are they have little half they siblings. Have siblings, you're totally right. Yeah. yeah. No, but Jody doesn't care. So the parents no. are thrilled. They have a grandchild. They visit with the grandchild, even though Jody had moved out of state. But then Jody got remarried to one of Corey's best friends. Try that one on for size. Even the, this is this episode needs its own chart. It does. It definitely does. So even though chart. she moved out of town, she still married one of Corey's friends. I've heard of it happening. It happens. So, um, but then she stopped having the grandparents involved with their grandchild's life. I've heard that. Very sad. Too. Yeah, that makes me sad. And that I did not like. And then their but- hearts were broken all over again. It they didn't like. seem that heartbroken, though, in the interview, which makes me think, because I was like, oh, they're putting up a brave face. And I'm like, maybe not. No, but they probably aren't because they have the Wendy baby. I don't think they have the Wendy baby. I don't think they have anything to do with the Wendy baby. I want confirmation on that. Wendy seems fine. Wendy seemed nice. That's... See, I have no issue with Wendy. No. And I thought the parents seemed great, and I'm sure they would love to be involved if Wendy... The parents were adorable yes, because they the, were. the parents kept talking over each other. 
That, like, someone she, did a comment on that. Like the mom has never let my the dad favorite. finish a sentence in 20-something years. But then she kept asking him questions. She'd be like, what did you, okay, but then, and then she would just keep <laughs> going. And I was like, they're perfect. Yeah. But then in every one of their B-roll, he's like got his arm around her. And she's so much, like, she's a wee little so, lady. She's, she's like, like, your a mommy. Full, like, yeah. foot shorter than him. Just she's when they're little. sitting down, she's so much shorter than him. It's so cute. And you can tell that, like, Corey got his size from his dad, right? His dad yeah. looks like this giant ex-football player kind of guy. He looks and like so, a sequoia with biceps. Yeah, he does. They're this long-standing couple who have made it through losing a child and their mm-hmm. only child. Mm-hmm. Corey's their only one. Mm-hmm. Good for them for making it. That gives me faith in true love. That's mm-hmm. very sweet. So this cop, Ryan, had worked the case and his epic stash and he had risen up the ranks to sheriff, which made me think that every time he got a promotion or a commendation, I've wished they would have like a mini medal for the stash. Because, you know, the stash plays a part in it. If you're a detective, that's like (laughs) your power tool. Would we say it's epic? I would say, no, it's, well, it's, it's solid because he's a detective. Okay. And Satisfactory? We, no, better than that because any Above detective average. with a stash, okay, that's a solid detective. Because I'm saying we see an epic stash at the end of the episode. So I'm trying to base it off of that stash. I understand. I understand. So this would be good stash. Good, solid stash and helped him further his career. Like it. So remember what episode was that where there was the picture of the work, the force of the police. It was like 20 <laughs> guys and literally out of the 2018 had stashes. I was think it, it was the one that just aired. Recent. I think it was the bottom of the lake that just aired. Oh, I remember. Maybe. Was it the Canadian Mounted Police? That seems right, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know if that's right. Okay. Uh, so then a one in a million thing happened. This was pretty Actually, I mean, I don't believe in coincidences, but this This was a really big coincidence. Do you believe in fate? Because this is fate. Yeah, this is fate. The stars aligned and this was supposed to happen. Yes. So in 2017, it's been 25 years. 25 years, exactly. Yeah. There's this nurse at a hospital in Ohio. And this nurse is Jessie Becker. And we had met her earlier but I didn't mention it because I didn't think she was important. She is Corey's young neighbor. She was like a kid when he was like 20 something. And she would hang out like at the parents' house and get ice cream. And, you know, she was like pop. pop she said and pop. pop. Ice cream Because and they pop. had a refrigerator in the garage, which yeah. is like the goal, right? I want to live in a place that I can have a fridge in the garage and keep things in it. Our friend, Steph, you could. always has a fridge in her garage. You have a garage. I don't own the garage. The garage does not belong to me. I would feel weird about putting a fridge in there. So, um, so there's one day. Oh, I do want to point out. I thought that Jessie was really cute. I thought she looked like a CW star. She's like, so pretty. Yeah. Spin so, off Jessie's world. Yes. So one day a detective comes to the hospital. This is a detective sans mustache, interestingly enough, but just as quality of a detective. Just as good personality. He's a personality plus. He didn't need the mustache. There you go. Because he, he was a great interview too. I mm-hmm. liked this detective mm-hmm. a lot, although I did not get his name. No, so. nor did I. 
not important. So he's there to interview someone else about a crime. And he, for some reason, starts chatting with Jesse, the nurse. And they both talk about how rare it was that she would even have time to talk to someone and that he would even be in that part of the, like, her workstation where she's not yeah. supposed to be. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just very strange. They start talking, but he says he's a cold case detective. And she says, oh, there's a 25-year-old case from my town, Corey Winecki, and have you heard of it? And he says, no, I haven't. And she says to him, what kind of value do you place on the statement of a nine-year-old girl? Mm. And it to this is when we find out, OMG, she's the nine-year-old girl from the sleepover at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. She's finally unburdened herself telling this cop what she saw. So here's what she saw. And the night before Halloween at a sleepover with, I know it's even spookier, at her friend Kayla's house, they sneak downstairs and they hear a woman crying over black candles that are lit all over the room. And the woman is saying, Corey, I'm so sorry. Corey, I never meant to hurt you. Corey, I never meant to kill you. So they freak out and they run back upstairs and Jesse tries to talk to Kayla about it, but Kayla doesn't want to talk about it. So then the next day, Jesse goes home to her mom and tells her mom, her mom says, don't worry, the police will handle it. We'll get to that. I'm glad we get more of an explanation from mom later because I was really mad at the mom at this point. But we do actually get a really good explanation, which I appreciated because the things made sense that she said. People on Twitter were still anti-mom. Uh, yeah, they're going to be. Because they're I, judgy McJudersons. But but she knew that coming onto Dateline that she was going to get that. Yeah. And you could tell yeah. that she knew she had she had made a decision that she thought was the best call for her at the time. I'm fine with that. Yeah. You got to live with that and you're okay. It's fine. So she told a cop also when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. That part made me go get mad too. But we've seen a lot of times the cops just not believing people. Right. And it's very frustrating. So she had a whole, held on to this secret her whole adult life. I can't even imagine. Now, if you're stressed and overwhelmed because you mm-hmm. witnessed a witch talking to a ghost of the dude she murdered and no one will take you seriously, we yeah. have an offer that may help. BetterHelp offers counseling with a licensed therapist within the privacy and safe space of your own home. You can confidentially text, chat, phone, or video with a counselor. BetterHelp has counselors that are specialized in anxiety, depression, sleeping problems. They can help you with all of your issues. If you don't like your counselor for any reason, you can switch and no additional charge. It's also really affordable. And the wonderful thing is that our listeners get 10% off their first month with the discount code DATELINE. So you go to betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. They have this questionnaire that you fill out and they help pair you with a counselor that you're going to love. It's really, really easy. It's sometimes super overwhelming to go on your insurance and find someone or you might not like the person and then you have to go to their office sometime in the middle of the day. You have to like tell your work you're leaving for doctor's appointments constantly. It's, yeah. it's difficult to make it work into your life. And BetterHelp makes it really easy. So go to betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. They can't help you become a detective if you don't have a mustache. Unfortunately, you 90% have to have a mustache if you're going to be a detective. But they can help you with your emotional mustache. And I don't know what that means, but it's going to resonate with someone out there who needs to hear it. Okay. 
there's like one person that was like, I get it and I need to call better help because yep. I have an emotional mustache. It's a Fu Manchu and I want it to be more of a handlebar. I want it to be more of a John Waters. Yeah. They need to take it down. <laughs> if you have John Waters living Slow inside of down. you, you have some issues that you might need to talk to someone about. Ghost of John Waters is living inside Even of you. Even though he's not dead. So like you need to check out better help. Is inside, you might need some help. That's all I'm saying. Like no <laughs> shame. So everyone check out better help. Give yourself the gift of help. Because we, we can all be a little better with help. So the detective without the mustache, who's still a great guy, takes her seriously. The one who's meeting her at the hospital, which is really amazing. And it is just pure chance that he ran into her at the hospital. This hospital has 20,000 people working at it. What they say, state of Iowa hospital? It's something bananas. Yeah, okay. Basically 10 times the amount of people in her town work in this hospital. And he somehow managed to talk to her and she brought up the cold case. So the detective calls this interrogation expert to come down and meet Jesse and see if this interrogation expert finds her as credible as he finds her. They sit down and she says that the woman that she was at the sleepover for um, was her friend Kayla's aunt. The oh, so the house aunt, that they were at was yes. at the aunt. Okay. The fun aunt that would get them pizzas and scary movies and stuff. That aunt was Annette Hazen. And you're like, OMG, I forgot who that was. The ones with maybe no, the didn't. transition lenses. The no, one the who one thought who, she was in love with her, him. The one who I originally thought did it. Yeah. The police had looked at Annette in 1992, and she'd been cooperative and passed a polygraph test then. Now, they bring up that memories are faulty. Your favorite. My favorite, especially child memory, mostly yeah. anyone's memory. And I've but watched this is several your Brain Games now because Brain Games is now on Netflix. And that's the show where I saw that original special on. Um, on oh, was it? Yeah, I think it was on memory okay, where they're all it. witnessing a crime and they all have to say what happened. It's actually on one of the episodes of Brain Games. And Ooh. they put together a jury and like the jury everyone saw something different than what actually happened. It's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so they say, well, who else did you share this with at the time? Because that usually corroborates if you say the same story to a bunch of people at that time 25 years ago. So she had come home from the sleepover and asked her mom why someone would light black candles. And her mom said they're associated with evil spirits, which I didn't quite know. I guess I... Like, does Yankee Candles not have a a spiced oh, yeah. blackberry candle that's black? Yeah, but I think it's probably, like, closer to navy blue. But, yeah, they have, like, Midnight Sun or yeah. whatever it's called. But I think Midnight, uh, midnight Moonlight. No, it's called, like, Moonlight Stroll, probably, yeah. if it's Yankee Candle. Um, but I think, I mean, they're taper candles. You know that, right? Are they yeah. going to be those thick, chunky ones? I, I do think that they are somehow related to the occult. I do think they are a Satan thing. I don't think it's evil spirits. I think it's like the big one, the, the big evil, the, spi- the evil spirit. As of all they would say on Buffy, spirits. the big bad. There we go. Okay, I got. Or you. as they would say in Super Mario Brothers, the big boss. Yes, Super Koopa. Uh-huh. That's who it is. <laughs> 
I just that I was just playing that the other day Bowser. at my brother's in the music <laughs> when you go into the castle it gets like really do-dee, do-dee, stressful do-dee. and I can't do-dee, do-dee, I can't do-dee. like I just got goosebumps I get really sweaty and like it stressed me out so much. Ugh. How do they say Bowser in Jersey? Do they go Bowser? Yeah, is that like a nickname for people? Probably Super Cooper. Yeah, he's a Bowser. <laughs> So now they I knew they're Italian. They have Luigi and Mario. We're totally besmirching Jersey, but it's We're fine. not. I'm just saying if you had a Jersey accent, you'd say it like that. And I think it's so much better. Yeah. Uh, so the police so then she the mom said, Well, why are you asking? And she said, Well, this is what I heard. Um yep. the police go to Jesse's mom and she confirms that that's exactly what Jesse had told her in 1992. That Annette had been talking to Corey. This is what she says. She's talking to Keith, the mom. Jesse's mom is talking to Keith and says, well, yes, she told me that Annette had been talking to Corey. And this is when Keith goes, Corey's dead. <laughs> she can't be talking to Corey. Keep up, Keith. <laughs> Clearly, Keith has never seen the movie Ghost and doesn't know that you can not only talk to ghosts, you can do pottery with them. So. Yes. You look so disheartened by that. that, that I Keith. loved Ghost. I I'm sorry. I just think was thinking about Ghost, and I was thinking <laughs> about like I always sort of hoped that I would grow up to look like Demi Moore, and I couldn't look less like Demi Moore. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. That's all right. She's a cool. She was cool looking. Remember, she had that like short hair and that kind yeah. of husky voice. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. So the mom says, "I'm supposed to say you look just like Demi Moore." That's what I don't look anything like Demi Moore. It's not. It's what you would have said if you were a liar and you're okay. not a liar. Good. You're brutally honest. <laughs> be like, you look like B. Arthur. And I'm like, okay, I know. That's fine. Who's my we're favorite golden girl, though, besides Betty exactly. White? B. Arthur. There you go. So the mom says she was afraid to tell the police. This is where we get even more convoluted. Yeah, this is the dirt. So here's where we, you really need the chart. So yeah. Annette's uncle is sheriff of this town at that time. Wow. So Uncle or dad? I'm dad. Uncle. Oh, okay. So that's one reason she was scared to yeah. go to the police because they she felt like they would just cover it up anyways. Second reason is Jesse's mom is afraid of her ex-husband and you're like, "Well, how does that go together?" Because everyone mm-hmm. in this town is sleeping together and mm-hmm. Jesse's mom's yep. ex-husband who's violent is sleeping with Annette currently. So Annette... <sighs> is this Jesse's dad? Or is this just the mom's ex-husband? Unsure. Do we not know? That they don't, don't tell, I don't think. Okay, okay. So um, we don't know. But, and no shame towards Annette for getting around you do you with your transition lenses. But he might hurt Jesse if he found out that Jesse knew something that would incriminate Annette. That's Correct. what the mom is thinking. Yes. That he She's might worried that he would retaliate yeah, against, against the family, even the against Jesse, who's nine, that right. because she's heard something she wasn't supposed to hear. So the mom was tortured by this knowing this information and carrying it with her and never saying anything for 27 years, especially because she knew obviously Corey's parents, because everyone in the town knows each other and knew how heartbroken they were about this. And she feels like she's carrying this information about who did it. She doesn't say anything. So people on Twitter were very mixed about this. What do you think? I understand. Well, I'm sure she really was genuinely scared. I don't think she just chickened out. But we have seen some people just chicken out 
of doing the right thing on Dateline. So I don't know. But I, don't you I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because I'm not in her situation. Do you also think that maybe part of her not coming forward was not just because she was scared, but because when she's going to come forward with this, they're automatically going to be like, you're a woman scorned. Right. You're trying to get this woman in trouble who took your husband away. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? She can't win. No. She's going to come forward and she's going to seem like she's being petty and being vindictive. Right. So there, there is no win for her to come forward except that it's the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. sometimes the right thing to do might hurt your family. So, I mean, she's she's a rock and a hard place to me. And I guess she probably made herself feel better by saying, well, the police already looked at Annette and they cleared her. So it's, yeah, I'm sure it's she obviously did. something... So Annette is a grandma now. She quilts, to which Keith says, a quilter. Well, I'll be. Well, I'll be, Keith. Does Keith have quilters in his life? We think that some women in Keith's life quilt. I don't know where that reaction's coming from. Is quilting a cold sport? Right. Is that like he a lives hobby in that people Southern do? Southern California. So, but, but no, I think quilting he's is... He's from Canada? Yes, but he lives in SoCal. I'm saying, could it be possible his mother quilted or his grandmother quilted? Yeah, definitely. You're right. That's a good point. But they also said that she also said that Annette was the most caring and quiet, and she was a baker too. So she's just like she's a, a, a stereotypical grandma. Yeah, she's a church mouse. Yeah. So, oh, she also works with the police in creating these manuals that are like training manuals for the police. And in Training them, in what? What is creating the manuals? Does that mean she's correlating them? Like she has one of the huge industrial so. copies yeah, at her house? So. I don't think like she's FedEx? actually like coming up with the training. Yeah, I think she makes the... Yes, I think you're exactly right. The spiral. She, the spiral spiders. thingies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the detective goes to Annette's house. She's very friendly. And she says she was devastated all these years not knowing who kills Corey. She first met him. OMG number 15. Nope. When she was 25 and he was 16. Ding, ding, ding. But it wasn't romantic until it was legal. She makes a big point of saying that. She sure does. Yeah, she talks for a minute to get there. (gasps) They were just friendly. Like, he drove her home one time. Mm -hmm. How old? No. We already know she's the fun aunt who, like, gets pizza and stuff for the kids. She probably bought him beer She'd probably, like, honestly let them come to her house and party in her basement. and When she was 25. Yeah. And Can you imagine beer. hanging out with teenagers at 25? That's no, just, it's really weird. and It's bizarre. But even this is if, a small I don't town. know what the age limit, what the age of consent is in I, Ohio. No, Idaho. Ohio. Ohio. But Iowa. Iowa. Thank you very much. It might be 17. I don't know. It's, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's it's a it's you're automatically in a more position of power and you should use better judgment. There's something off if you're wanting to get romantic with the teenager. Also, how old are her kids at this point when she's 25? Does she have them yet? I, just, I don't think I have she has so, them I have a yet. Lot of no, questions. no, because when we meet her daughter later, her daughter would probably be I, she she might have had very young kids at that time. So was she in a relationship when she met Corey when he was 16 years old coming off the football field? <laughs> like, well, that's the only thing I can think of, like swooping in. Swooping in. I don't know. Look, he is a year out of Could being Corey able- be one of the fathers of her children? Is that possible? 
I know it's a podcast and I'm supposed to talk and not just make surprised face. What do you think? Is that possible? And she was like covering, or maybe that's why she thought they were going to get together. So she was so I think convinced. I should have done, but it's a huge secret. I think I should have done an alternative theory for this is what I think I should have done instead of waste all my time on satanic panic and trying to figure <laughs> out what, which horror movies exactly came out in 1991. Right. <laughs> was it The it's Craft fine. or was The Craft much later? Oh, much later. Oh, okay. Like 97? Yeah, we we needed to be looking at it because you have to keep in you have to think about what movies would have been released on video right. in ninety one. So it would have ninety two. So it would have been things that came out in like ninety. Mm. Because remember, it took forever to something to come to VHS. That's true. Like, well, I think it did. And That's also, what I hear from people much older are than you me. Getting this because <laughs> Jesse said that she was the fun aunt that would rent the movies, Correct. like horror movies. This and is stuff why we're getting there. I mean, I this is what I I kind of have. I have some issues with the story, even though I understand it is what all of this is based off of. When we get to that, I have major blockage because I know how I am with things like that. And with like, again, we're talking about memory, right? But she went home the very next morning and told her mom. I am totally understanding, but I am saying sometimes... You have a dream and you think it's real? Because you saw a movie? No, yes, yeah, sometimes you see something really, really scary and then you go and see something a little bit off and it becomes something else in your head. So I'm not, I'm just saying I know that when I was nine was like at that prime peak of me being scared of things. Like I was unbelievably yeah, scared yeah. of fire and like several other things. Yeah, and there had just been a murder in the town three weeks before. So maybe people were, kids were jumpy, but- she didn't know that Annette and Corey were ever dating. So Did she not? Do she, you know that? They, yes, they say that. So They do say that? Yeah. So why would she even associate that she heard her aunt say Corey's name? No, you're sure she said that? I'll get, I'll, I think it's in my notes. So. Okay. All right. So let's keep, let's keep going. So yeah. we'll come back to this, but these are just sort of things that I have like around that issue. Yeah. I see okay. what you're saying. Okay. So her and Corey definitely did not get together when he was only 16. Winks, winks. Um, it's the oh, name of the bar. Look uh, at you. I didn't, I just did that at the top of my head. Um, so how many times did they have sex? The police officer asked her. That was a clever way to word that. <laughs> I thought you were asking me and I was like, I don't know. So she says three, four, five times a week. Again, Corey is already dating a handful of other women and has a fiance at home. How is he sleeping with Annette f- up to five times? A- okay. So, so do you think she's lying or do you think that he is just like, go, go, go. We'll find gadget. out something later that gives us gadget that answer. Unit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, she says they had sex in his car, in Denny's truck. Don't know who Denny is. In Winks at the bar. She said Denny's truck. Yeah, she did. She said in the Denny's parking, in the Denny's lot. Oh, she said somebody, oh, Jackie's car. She said Jackie, and we didn't know who Jackie was till much later. Her sister. Oh, yeah, that's true. Jackie's um, sister. Okay, so maybe the, it was in Denny's parking lot. So <laughs> maybe it was a we long John Silver. Denny is. We don't know who <laughs> Denny is, guys. They had sex in the bar. They had sex in like the little place above the bar. They had sex all over town, basically. And she was ready to 
marry him. She thought that they were going to skip town. He was ready to drop his whole life, his family, the bar, his fiance, everything, and leave town with her. They were going to go to Branson. Branson, that's where they were going. Yep. And Branson again. This is the year of Branson. So um, they're going to look to Branson to look for bars for sale so that he could buy a bar. And again, no reason why he would do this. He loved his family from all that we know. Yeah. And he was very happy working at their family bar. So mm-hmm. no reason why we are to believe that he was in on this plan to go to Branson and buy a bar. But this is what she said. Also, no reason for her to tell the detective, this poor small town detective, every place they had sex. He didn't ask for that. He could have just <laughs> been like, we were young and we were getting it on a lot. You didn't need to be that specific we're, unless he we're asked gonna you We're going to get to that where, in one moment. You're so where right. Where did you have sex? Right. Okay. You're so right. Yeah. So then Annette says, I'm busy. I have to go home. She <laughs> sets the stage for this interview and the detective that was very suspicious, that she was very much like, you can have me for five more minutes, but then I have to go. I have many things to do. I thought that was interesting that that was a red flag when someone sets a timeline, like I can be here for an hour right? and then I have to go. He said, anytime someone does that, that's bad because they're trying to control the room. right? So they're trying to control how the questioning will go. And probably if like, you're mm. innocent, you're like, I will stay here as long as I need to, to prove to you that I'm innocent. I will stay here as long as I need to to help you find who murdered who murdered my, my friend, my lover. sex buddy. Yeah, yeah. Don't say lover. I did. I sure so, did. Uh, Annette's okay. So Annette leaves and says she'll come back the next day. The next day she cancels. So she, now she's really controlling the situation. So mm-hmm. he goes to her house, and she's very surprised to see him, but she's very pleasant. And she says, "Listen, I will answer any pertinent questions except how many times did we have sex." And then he says, well, I'm a detective and you're not, so you can suck it. Also, you already told us how many times he had sex. So that horny cat is out of the bag, sister. (laughs) Um, I don't know where she's going with that because, like, you just told him yesterday. He knows now. Thank you. He was so nice, though. I did like this detective's demeanor because he's very kind. He's very kind, but very firm. Like... Well, see, now you're getting into the territory of what a detective does. Like the way <laughs> yeah. that he like kind of lets, he like smacks her with words. And I was Twitter like, oh, was oh. tied on that. Some people were like, what a jerk. I'm a detective and you're not. And some people were like, good for him. No, he, she's trying to control the situation. Uh-huh. He did the right. I, I think know, it Twitter. was fine. I'm Get fine. I was fine with him. Then. Oh, good. So she says the night before the murder, she was very, very drunk. Again, all this stuff that she's saying, she should probably not be saying to the cops. She should probably have gotten a lawyer because none of this stuff looks good. She says she was very, very drunk at the bar, waiting for Corey to come out of the bar. She's waiting in his car for him. In his Cadillac. Somehow that seemed important to me. I was like, 1992 Cadillac. Is that like a thing? Is a caddy a thing? It might have been an 80s Cadillac that he was driving around. She's waiting in his Cadillac for him to come out because she's super drunk. He's Mm -hmm. taking forever to come out. Finally, he comes out of the bar to take her home or to go home with her, whatever. Guess what? He has another girl with him. He didn't know she was waiting in his car. He wasn't taking her home. Yes, he was. Well, he forgot. Uh, 
Or I don't you know. think that he was hoping for a no, triple? No, I don't. I think he was like annoyed that she was in the car and he was planning to ditch her for this other girl. I think he, she was not expecting her to be in the car. I think she was pulling a weird move and was like oh, waiting like, in got the car. Oh, like in his car to be sexy. The girl is Wendy. Baby mama, Wendy. Oh, is it Wendy? It is Wendy. Oh, I didn't yeah. write that down. And oh. Wendy is a younger oh, conquest. That's right. No, I remember As now. Keith points out to us. So he said, yeah, I'm going to drop you off. And then I'm going with Wendy. And she's furious. Like, how dare you? Even yeah. though she knew he was sleeping with these other women. She knows he has a fiance at home. Again, Annette, what what do you think is happening here? So she says, you know what? You need to fish or cut bait, which a a lot of people on Twitter did not know what that meant. I was very surprised about. It's, I guess, not as well known as an expression as I thought it was. Um, But it is- what. Yeah, so many people like never young, heard that. Young folks. Yeah, young maybe. Folks. Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, we're old. Yeah. So they argue. Again, don't tell the police that you fought with someone the night before they were murdered. I know it's good to be honest, but then just like maybe get a lawyer before you tell them this. So they fight. And then during the fight, Corey tells her that he loves her for the first time. And it's so romantic, but also heartbreaking because she remembers that this is the last time and she never heard it again because then he was murdered. She says it in the weirdest. Yes, she does. Most convoluted way. Like it wasn't tragic because he died. It was tragic. It wasn't. It's just so dumb. But it was basically like she's like, you don't even care about me. And then he was like, I I don't even care about you. I love you. But it is very much like movie in the rain yelling at the girl. Yeah. So he, according to Annette, he gets rid of Wendy and they go home and had angry sex. I don't want to know. I, I don't, don't th- want all to of know this Annette. is TMI. I wrote TMI actually because this is all like I don't just ugh. again. Not that um, grandmas can't have sex. Also, no, it's I don't want to hear anyone of any age talking about angry sex they had 25 years ago. I don't either. I don't either. Nobody does. Yeah. And it's also, I just don't think they need to know that. I think you could have said, we went back to the apartment, ended up, you can even say the making love <laughs> if you need to. You can say that, but don't, I don't need the specific kind of sex you had is too far. Right. So, um, but their relationship was complicated, she says. Um, so the detective <sighs> thinks that Corey said the relationship was done. And that this fantasy of them running off together was finally over for her and that made her snap. Um, So he finally tells her, I know that you're involved. And this is when she stops being polite and starts getting real. And she loses it. And she's like, get out of my house. And he's like, do the right thing, Annette. Just confess. You know you want to. And she's like, I will not. I had nothing. And they're talking over each other. It's very exciting. And she throws him out of her house. She's like, you and the horse you rode in on. Get out, sir. It's pretty good. Um, And it's all on audio tape. So it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. We should say that. This is all on audio. We get to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So all they really have is Jesse's memory. They have her mom, too, saying that she backed up the story. The little girl, Annette's niece, Kayla, she says she doesn't remember it. That's not good. No. So they they feel, though, that they have enough to arrest Annette. 
So they go arrest her the next day, and she says, you don't know how wrong you are. Yeah, in a really quiet voice, like a Batman yeah. voice. You I shouldn't say how. Batman. Don't, don't. Oh, no. So the um, stash sheriff, who has since retired, mm-hmm. but who always wanted to solve this case, he goes to the parents and tells them, we finally arrested someone. That's And, and that was very sweet. Annette's daughter, however, is in total denial about yeah. her mom. I don't know why you're why? looking. I feel like you're looking at me as like a, a warning. Just, I'm so sorry. A light just went off behind you. Uh-huh. And this is a scary episode. So what <laughs> happened in that room that the light just went off? They're on timers. Oh, thank goodness. I'm at my I'm aunt's house. The, She's fancy. The, so Is this your fun aunt? Would you describe her as the fun aunt? <laughs> she buys me pizzas and VHSs of she horror does. movies. And tried to she sleep would. with all my friends when we were 16. She definitely doesn't do that. <laughs> your aunt's a very established, lovely lady. She is. Um, so, so Annette's lawyers. Seem um, pretty good. Her lawyers say they have nothing but the word of a nine-year-old girl. And they go to court. And it's really, really funny because the courtroom is, like, under construction. So they're in this, like, it almost looks like a cafeteria slash court conference room it's like a conference room like or in like the gym the av facility it's like this it's just like a room they have like pop-up tables yeah it's really funny so they call jody to the stand and i thought jody did a very good job and yeah she did seemed very believable they think the police the prosecutor sorry thinks that after Corey left annette's house the night of the angry sex that he went to go see wendy she thought he was going to go home to see Jody, but he actually went to go see Wendy, which uh-huh. does make me think that if that's true, it is a um, really magical something he has prowess going on, that this is all happening multiple times per day with multiple women. He's 22, but he drinks a lot. Huh? Yeah. So yeah. Huh. Okay. he so Annette realizes this and loses it. But you know what? I don't honestly, I don't totally blame him. If I don't think he should cheat when he's engaged, but he is 22 and it's totally reasonable to want to explore your options. Speaking of exploring your options, hmm. I'd like to talk a little about Gabby. So if you own a car or a house, you know shopping for insurance is a mind-numbing, soul-sucking process that can Ugh. take forever. Yes. But you need to have insurance. So stop overpaying for it. You can get a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have with help from Gabby. Gabby is a company that takes the pain out of shopping for insurance. It gives you side-by-side comparison of whatever your current coverage is to 40 of the top insurance providers. So like providers like Progressive, Nationwide. All you have to do is log in, link your current insurance account in A couple of minutes, you're going to be able to see some quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have. So when I used Gabby, I logged in and created an account. Also, they're very kind. They're very sweet. They send you like kind of introduction email. They're really on their ball there at Gabby. The thing that I liked is I've done comparison shopping before for car insurance, and you have to enter in all of your information, which takes for, I mean, every little nitty gritty VIN number, all that stuff, which takes forever. Mm-hmm. And what this does is it allows you to upload your entire insurance policy without having to enter it line by line. So it really, when they say it takes two minutes, it takes two minutes to, yeah. to just upload it. And then in a little while later, I checked again and I had some quotes from different companies. And I actually saw that I could save a little over $60 a month 
if I moved to a different company. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it was really neat because they showed me all, uh, they searched like, I had over 10 listed that I could see what the coverage was. So that was the one I saved money on, but I could see that I was doing well in regards to other major insurance companies. And I liked that. Do I get a cut of that because I told you to try Gabby? Um, you get 35 cents, approximately 0.008% okay. of what I save. Okay. Yeah, that seems fair. I'll send you a check. Thanks. So right now, Gabby customers save $825 per year on average. That's incredible. Yeah, that's wow. a lot of savings. Also, they're free to use which is really nice. Yeah, and the, the website, again, is a dream. It's super easy. It's very modern. And they'll never sell your info, which is really important to Thank me. Gosh, yeah. we are not trying to sell your info down the river. Because I honestly, I get enough robocalls. It makes me nuts. Your Alexa's already listening to you. We don't need more. Guys, take two minutes right now to start saving on car and homeowner's insurance. Just go to Gabby.com slash Dateline, and for a limited time, if they can't find you savings on your insurance, you'll get a $10 Amazon gift card. Love that. I know. That's G-A-B-I.com slash Dateline. Gabby.com slash Dateline. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Gabby.com slash Dateline. That was catchy. It is catchy, right? Get your Gabby on. For the gift of Gab. E. E. (laughs) (laughs) Check him out. Thank you, Gabby. So Annette's alibi, the day of the murder, this all happened the night before the murder, but the day he was murdered in the day because Jody did see him that morning. Right. So Annette's alibi for the day was that she was running errands with her sister. Again, she fully admits to the police, I don't know if this was wise, that at some point in the day, they did stop by Corey's house. Why? Sometime mid-morning to, to talk to him or something, and he didn't answer the door. And I'm thinking, that, or I think they said it on Dateline, that perhaps the reason that she admitted this part, like placed herself at the crime scene, was in case a neighbor happened to see her, then it wouldn't look bad if she had to admit that later, that she was at the crime scene. Absolutely. Um, or someone saw her on the road, like if right. I guess, yeah, it is a small town, I'm sure. Hmm. But the again, but what's weird about it is like there's it's though it's that town where like the streets, um, the driveways are really really long, you mm-hmm. know. So it's and maybe two or three houses share it, like a mile long driveway. Mm-hmm. It's so. Okay, so she admitted that she was at the house and the prosecutor thinks that she went in while he was sleeping and beat him with the baseball bat. Um, And that's why there were no defensive wounds. And that's how she, a woman who's smaller than him, got over on him because he was sleeping. She must have hit really hard. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, my- A lot of rage. Do you think that what Annette said happened actually happened the night before? Because the the prosecutors are going on, she did actually have angry sex, all that happened. And then he went to Wendy's. I'm sort of of the impression that none of that ever happened. Oh, see, I thought it did because why would she make up this stuff that makes her look so guilty that they had a huge fight the night before? I didn't think that made her look guilty, remember? Because in her story, he didn't go to Wendy's afterwards. That's the prosecutor's story. In her story, no, well, they came back and he, kind of made up. No, they had angry sex. And then when she woke up, he was gone. That's what she said. When she woke up in the morning, he was gone, I think. Right. But of course he's gone because he's going to go back to Jody's. Right. 
right? Did Jody and he live together, correct? Or does he live with his parents? No, I think he lives with Jody. Okay. So uh, I'm just saying, I think that it does. It's not so much the, like, maybe not, maybe she didn't watch him go and followed him and saw that he went to Wendy's instead of Jody's. Okay. Just the whole fight, and the, I think that he said something to her that night about indicating that that was the last time. I think he did too, but I think he never went to her house. I think that he, I think he dropped well, her off. Well, you know who could back up that story is Wendy, because Wendy's the one he apparently ditched and then went home with her. What did Wendy say on the stand? They call Wendy to the stand. Did she see him that night? We don't know. I don't think we get to find out. But she's the one who. He said, okay, fine, I'll go home with you. Let me drop off Wendy or something. So he got rid of Wendy and so took her home. We need to ask Wendy. Okay. Just, that's weird. But it doesn't I really just matter. I don't know why she would say it. Like, unless she is a sociopath and wants to make herself seem very important no, to him. No, I, I definitely think that could be part of it. But I also think that it's because then they didn't leave angry. How they left was that, yeah, they had. But she angry says it sex. was angry sex. But that doesn't mean you're still kind of making up. You're still kind of mad at each other, but you're still like doing this loving act, right? So it's not. Yeah. So she's trying to make it seem like they didn't leave it on bad terms. They were still sleeping together. They were still then technically I would have just said together. Sex and happy sex. No, because she thinks sex. they won't believe it. She thinks that and doesn't make thinking, any sense. She's trying to think like multiple steps ahead. I'm not sure what she's doing. I'm just not sure if that part is true. I'm thinking something happened at the bar and he kicked her out of the car and that was the end and was like, no, never again. Or maybe what the, if they never even slept together and that whole thing was made up. No, because other people knew about Annette, right? Did they? Oh, good point. Interesting. I don't know if other people knew about Annette. They knew about Wendy, but I don't know if other people knew about Annette. Specifically, I would like to know that too. Okay. I think that he did end it that night, but I think he ended it earlier. And I think that she did that weird sex thing to be like, no, we made up. Like we, mm, we were mm-hmm. fine. But we need to know if you went to Wendy's. Right. Because again, I don't know why she would say that if she knew that they had spoken. Obviously, they were going to talk to Wendy too. So. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. All but right. I mean, she's saying this 25 years later. Yeah. So again, maybe her memory of it is faulty too. That's true. Everyone's that memory is going to be faulty by now. No yeah. one's going to remember. Oy. All right. So um, Jesse takes the stand. Yes, she does. Sweet Jesse. I thought she did a really good job. You still have questions about her story. Where do you even buy black candles in Iowa? <laughs> in a Michaels? I don't know. Mickles? What's Mickles? Is that a cross between Michaels and Nichols? I didn't say Mickles. I heard Mickles. What did you say? No, I said Michaels. Oh, it sounded like Mickles. Are you sure you said Michaels? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Why would so, I say Mickles? I don't know. I thought it was an off-brand Michaels. Hey, Mickles. <laughs> what's their catchphrase at Mickles? Go down to Mickles, where wait, you the- can get fabric for a nickel. <laughs> wait a minute. What's the... And pickles. So, wait. What's the... Um, What's the Michaels? Uncle the, Joe's famous pickles in a jar, homemade. Michaels is... For a nickel also. The, Everything's a nickel at Mickles. Mickles. <laughs> um, you'll be tickled you'll be when tickled. you come to Mickles. Yeah, Mickles. <laughs> come on down. Okay, so... <laughs> come on the, down. <laughs> the question that I have for Jesse is, I want to know what scary movie they watched that night. 
Because they did watch right. a movie. She did rent them right. a movie. If it's the day before Halloween, they were absolutely watching scary movies. So right. um, the only movie that I could come up with that might have black candles besides Rosemary's Baby, but I don't think they have black candles. I think they're holding white candles in the room, um, was Witchboard. And I don't know. That was in 1986. Basically, it's going to be heard of it. something with a Ouija board. Honestly, the, the movie that I kept thinking of was um, The House of the Devil. I think is what it's called. Have you seen that one? It's an IFC movie. It's really no. scary, but I thought it was done in the 80s. It's not. It was like done in 2016. It's just done in 1980s like lens. So uh-huh. I thought it was. But that's one where like there's a seance in the dining room of a house. And this is where they came down. And she said that that's where Annette was, was in the dining room. Yeah. And I'm like, why would she be in the middle of the house with candles lit? The acoustics are better for talking to ghosts. Duh. With two little girls upstairs? Do you think she was drunk? There, possibly. Do you think it's kind of weird that the other little girl didn't remember this? And would you remember if you were little and you saw something like that? No, I think that it's totally plausible that one of them has blocked it out, especially if that was her aunt. Yeah. Okay. Because we're saying memories can be faulty. So why couldn't one of theirs be faulty? We don't know which one it is. The one that's saying she doesn't remember it, maybe it didn't happen, and the one who's saying it did happen. I just think her coming home the very next day, this is not getting confused about a dream or something that happened like even weeks ago when you're a kid. Can, weeks can be a long time. This was the night before. That is the best evidence they have is that she told her mom. But this is still really weak evidence. It's really weak to build the case on this, you have to admit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hmm. I definitely admit that. Okay. So, um, so they go, okay, so when Jesse takes the stand, this is the part of actually her story that is very weird to me. Um, again, I'm, I still kind of, I still believe her, mm-hmm. but it, it's the, um, I love you, Corey. I never meant to hurt you, Corey. I never meant to kill you, Corey. I'm so sorry, Corey, for killing you. People who are talking to you in a conversation don't say your name that many times. Right, Katie? Correct, Would Kimberly. you agree, Katie, they don't. that that is strange? Uh, maybe when you're talking to a ghost, Katie, it's a little different than when you're in like a normal conversation, but Katie. that was a weird thing. Why did she Why did she do it like that? Jesse seems very smart. So the only thing I can think, it, that almost made it seem more real because it's such a weird way to talk. Right, that she was repeating it and that's how she actually, Annette had actually said it. It also, if it happened, it makes me think she was drunk. Because that's what sort if of, it was like a, a spell, like where you repeat like a, a chanting. I'm so sorry I hurt you, Corey. I'm so sorry I killed you, Corey. I'm so or you're supposed to say the person's name a lot because she was actually trying to bring him back to speak to him. I would like to see the whole trial transcripts of this. Can we get that from the defense attorney? Because I want to see <laughs> if the prosecution went after if she had any connection to the occult. Like if Annette had Mm -hmm. any kind Mm -hmm. of like held seances in her home before, like if we've ever Mm -hmm. seen any evidence that she's into this kind of stuff, Ouija boards, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I would like to see if the defense went after any kind of thing that we were in the height of people worried about Satanism or what scary movies came out that would have featured black candles. Black candles are so specific that it's like you Mm -hmm. either saw that in a movie or you saw it in real life. Mm-hmm. So which one was it? So I'd like right. to know that because when I searched Black Candle on the internet, I was stuck for 15 minutes at least on some horrible B softcore movie called Black Candles that I think is like <laughs> a sexy 
early 1980s movie where I think it's mostly about like naked people, but then it's also a horror movie, like that kind of thing. I'm going to actually call you out on this. I'm not calling you out. I'm contradicting you. Oh, you can contradict. I want to know. What do you think? I have had black candles before that I got in a large pack from a party store or um, a craft type store that I would use around Halloween. Mickle. Uh, Mickle, <laughs> maybe. And I, it was a large pack and it took, it was one of those that like went from apartment to apartment with me because yes, you'd it. only ever use like a handful of them at Halloween. Right. But this was Halloween. So, oh, good point. It was Halloween. She, so she would have so had black she candles. She could have had black candles just around, anyways. She, she definitely could have. I'm saying this girl would have remembered that. So I'm saying it's more about what Jesse remembers. It's Jesse remembering. You did say, seeing, Where do you get black candles, though? I did say that. Because I think in my head, I'm picturing chunky candles. I'm not picturing taper candles. I'm picturing thick black Mine were candles. not taper black candles. They were um, like votives. They were black votives. Oh, I wonder if these were black votives. I don't know. Also, it's hard to see what color a candle is when there's a bunch lit. That's another thing that surprised me. That I'm like, you remember that they were black. That could be interesting. I want, I, maybe I kind of want to do a little experiment. Because if you're light. in a room that has no lights and it's only lit by candles... How hard is it see to what see color if the, the color is. is black? You know who we need to ask is a sorority girl. Because I feel like in those initiation ceremonies that they have, like after pledge week, White they candles. had... Uh, well, that you would still... I would want to know if you could see it, what color it was. So here is where I wrote down Jesse at the time didn't even know that Annette was involved with Corey. So how could she or why would she make that up? or associate her aunt with Corey. You're right. But did she know, we get to this in the later, but did she know that Annette had had an affair with possibly her father or her ex-stepfather? Is Annette a different kind of a figure to her? And do you register things like that at nine years old? Or do you just know that that woman's making your mom unhappy? Mm. Yeah, I don't think she knew the details. But kids do overhear a lot of stuff that you don't think they overhear. But do you think that, it was, it's, but so what, you think she was, like, out to get her if she knew that? No, I think it's really odd that she would—that Annette even would say something like—it would more be like Corey—if she's trying to connect with Corey using black mm-hmm. candles and holding, like, sort of a spirit speak-to-me kind of thing, and she's crying and saying—because these are two different things. Her crying and bawling about— why Why did I kill you? Why did this happen? It's not the same thing as trying to connect with someone on the other side. You wouldn't talk, you wouldn't say the word killing you. Mm-hmm. Especially well, with people in the house. I just don't think that you'd let that fly. Would you? If you're drunk? Maybe if you're drunk. Yes, if you're drunk, you're forgetting anyone's in the house. That's the only thing I can think of. It seems very far-fetched is the problem. Well, anyone who's talking out loud with people in the house, like kids upstairs sleeping. True. Is usually on like they have a filter because they know their kids that or you just assume they're upstairs and it's been hours since you've heard anything. In the dining room? the middle of the night. So you think that they're beyond asleep. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's get some feedback on this episode. You get what I'm. What do you guys think? You get what I'm saying, though, right? You understand, like, where my like hesitation Mm -hmm. is. Okay, yeah. Um, So Jesse's mom takes the stand and Mm -hmm. backs up Jesse's story. Now, 
again, there. Then they, the defense says that since Annette was sleeping with Jesse's dad, I think it was Jesse's dad, maybe, um, that Jesse's mom would have had it out for Annette and was maybe influencing Jesse. Right. I don't see that. I don't see that at all. I right. Don't, I don't really think that that happened because why would you influence her but then not tell the police about it? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't at all. Why would you convince your daughter that someone's a murderer unless you to just mess your daughter up so that they don't like this person? If you really want to get that person, you tell the police that your daughter saw this. Absolutely right. It also just, she seems very genuine. The mom doesn't sort of, I mean, I could be wrong, but she yeah. she seems sort of torn up about it that she, yeah, she hadn't does. talked to the police. She does. So it's a mistrial. The jury is deadlocked. They were close to acquitting her. And Keith says, oh, wow. <laughs> it was good. So the prosecutor feels like they need more. Right. Then the mom of Corey runs into a friend who says, well, they should talk to my son, Scott Payne. Why haven't they talked to him? Detectives go to Scott and he says, I can't believe I've never been asked. I have a huge piece of this story. And this is when I start to get really furious because if you have a big piece of a story, you go to the police, you don't just wait until they come to you because they do not know about you. So what? But then once you meet Scott, then you totally understand what's happening. So Do you? One, yeah, I think I really do think you do. Okay. There's one day Scott was high with his friends and Annette drives up to the house with a bag of bloody clothes in her car. Oh, that morning. Okay, that, well, to him, it was that one day, I thought. So they've been partying night. all night, and this yes. is like 9 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So um, so he says she, she took the clothes out of the car and lit them on fire. <sighs> and... So and then I'm like, well, you you should go to the police. That whose house? Whose house is this? Is this Jackie's house that they're at? The sister's house? I couldn't remember if it was one of his friends that he was getting high with. I don't know. But then I'm I, I'm just really trying to hold my tongue here. You can't say anything bad about Scott or how Scott looks. Me? Anyone on Twitter? Twitter was mean. So he was blown up. He blew himself up in an accident where he worked at a salvage yard. yard. And the fact that Dateline literally says he blew up, he blew himself up, but like he's not dead. Like that's the phrasing you would use if someone was dead. I thought like blown up was like you're dead, but he's blown up and he's still, I guess you can blow up, blow yourself up and still survive. It was Um, sort of interesting. I'm surprised they didn't use there was an explosion (laughs) accident. Right. Wow, you can't make this stuff up. The detective, like, comes out and says he's in rough shape. Yeah. Like, he doesn't make a believable witness. He's also kind of, like, looking at him. He's in rough shape. And he is because he blew himself up. Yeah. Twitter, calm down. And then they ask him on the stand, were you a drug user at the time? And he, like, proudly goes, yes, heavily. About drugs or drinking? I I thought it was drugs, but maybe it was drinking. I loved both, yeah. I thought Scott was super entertaining. Scott did all right. That, so his story about the the blood and the fire is pretty damning also. But it's but not again, believable. It's hard to take his word for it. You right. don't know what his memory is like after doing drugs, drinking, and being blown up. What's going on with his headspace? We don't know. So, so the real kicker is that there were four unidentified hairs 
that were found clutched in Corey's hand Mm -hmm. and the state never tested them. And the defense is saying, why didn't they ever test them? Because they they would you would know if it was the nets or not. But by the same token, the defense can test them. Why didn't the defense test them? Right, because they're scared it's the nets. And the prosecution's not testing them because they're scared that they're not in So this is just a giant game of chicken. I think so. Can um, also we just... But... What? Well, on Twitter, a lot of people were saying, why didn't they test the DNA on the um, baseball bat? They don't have enough, Because now you can. And it's that the... um, Keith said on Twitter that the materials they used to test the blood the first time around destroyed any additional, right. you know, it's, yeah, there wasn't enough left. Um, but why can't we just pro- pretty much come out and say that the the hairs are Wendy's if he went to Wendy's? Why would they be clutched in his hand He didn't the wake up. Day? There was no defensive wounds, right? He didn't wake up. Yeah, but he went to Wendy's the night before and he was sleeping at his house. Right. So he would just have like hairs on his hand. Were they cl- were they clutched or were they just in his hand? Clutched. Maybe woven around a ring. Sorry, I'm oh, just yeah, making maybe. stuff up. No, you're right. Know. Why would they be clutched if there wasn't defensive wounds? Because I'm what I'm... I, I think I made up that there was no defensive wounds. <laughs> I think he was hit once and that woke him up and he tried to defend himself, but he was hit so badly that he... that. Okay. It was, he was incapacitated by the first one, but he was still but I, swinging. I don't know if you're right, because I think he was found dead on the couch, which means that he didn't ever even get up. Right. Which means you he can w- still be fighting. He was hit in the head. Flat. You can be um, supine. I don't That's not don't, the right word. Mm, I think it was good, though. I don't. Is that about pigs? <laughs> supine. Supine? Is that what you're, what are you doing? Oh. Prostrate? Prostrate. Yeah, sure. I think the chances that there's someone else's hairs are very good because they're not from the attack. But I could I be wrong. I think they could be from the from the attack, though. So Wendy, the baby mama, takes the stand. Yes. And now, why don't we get again, the question? It would be a great question. She might have better idea of what happened the night before. Annette's sister, Jackie, takes the stand. Okay. And says that they ran errands and they went to Long John Silver. Sil- silver or Silver's? Silver's is plural. There's several silvers. Um, it's her favorite restaurant, you guys. <laughs> that was maybe, that was a high point of the episode for me. She did I not. I love that she felt the need to tell everyone in the courtroom. But I can also see myself doing it. Like, and then yeah. we went to Red Robin because I love Red Robin. Like, I can definitely <laughs> see myself doing something stupid like that. And I wonder if she regrets it. No, she doesn't regret it. She doesn't care. No, she no doesn't regrets. regret it. Um, yeah. She also doesn't regret bringing that giant blue mug of whatever that was up to the stand. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. She had that giant, like, like big gulp cup. It was blue and it had a big straw in it. And I was like, what? You have to have your iced tea right now? You're going to have to pee in like 10 minutes. <laughs> you need to leave that back at your seat. She didn't want to get hydrated on this, dehydrated. They give you a glass of water, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not enough for Jackie. Jackie has dry mouth syndrome, and you don't know her life. I don't. I'm sorry. It's because she's (laughs) eating so much salt. Long John Silver's. From Long John Silver's. Yeah. Oh, boy. She stopped there at lunch because the courtroom breaks for an hour. Hush puppies. She went there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she says that she admitted, okay, so the police, like, play a tape where she had said originally, is it possible that you, um, it's just, I don't remember if they bring it up or if she brings it up, but she's saying that 
maybe I don't remember. Maybe I said something just to, you know, make Annette look good or something like that. Basically admitting that she was willing to and may have fibbed the truth a little to protect Annette. And they have this transcript of her saying this. They have this on tape. And then they tell, they ask her, did you say that you were willing to lie to? And she says, no, which is like, it's right there, though. So you said it, though. You said it, though. So the jury is deadlocked again. Wow. But the prosecutor has a spidey sense that they are giving up too early. Mm -hmm. And the judge has the same sense. So he tells them to get some sleep and try again the next day, which always bugs me because if the, if, if that works, then you weren't done. And you're saying you were done just because you were tired or you wanted to go home, but you weren't actually done until the judge gives you a talking to, and then you're done, then you can come to a conclusion. You know what I'm saying? It bugs me. Yeah, I get it. Really do it until you're done. This is a person's life at stake here. Yeah, that's true. And you're just waiting. We're really done. Unless the judge is going to um, yell at us and then we'll try harder. And then we'll, we'll come you know? back. We'll be back. So yeah. anyways, th- but he says, go home and get some sleep and try again the next day. And the next day they find her guilty. So they were not like done. They were fairly close. Like and everyone goes home and talks to their significant other. It's like, yeah, okay. were they not um, sequestered? They That's were allowed what to go I was home? surprised. I was... Or was it by home? Do they mean the hotel? Are these also people in the town? Just like That's, townies? Uh, you can't. Yes. No, that's gonna. I'm gonna get to that when we go to Twitter. Yeah, okay. It's a great, great point. So, um, her lawyer is very sad, mm-hmm. and her daughter is still in denial. Um, but Corey's parents are happy. They they feel bad for Annette's family, though. They thought that was nice. That was really sweet. They're nice people. They made a point of saying we're very, very sorry. It's a nice family. Yeah. So, uh, Corey's mom forgives Jesse and Jesse's mom for not coming forward sooner. And I thought that was really nice. That was nice. very kind of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all we have here, but we have B-roll Bonanza. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't have B-roll Bonanza. I just had quotes. Oh, I have, I have one B-roll Bonanza. Go for it. Um, uh, Corey's folks in double recliners. Oh, I like that. I'm into Next that. To each other? Yeah, like a table in between and those really big, oh. cushy recliners with the yeah, seat. Yeah, that's cute. That's the life. And then um, they had cute. one of those glass cabinets. So many trinkets inside. Mm, they flashed by those. it, and I really wanted to see it because it wasn't plates in the glass cabinet. It was things. It was little things. And I was like, is it miniatures? Is it miniature things? <laughs> I don't know. They collect something, and I'm curious. Also, the town looks straight up like a movie set. Looks like flats. Looks like a yeah. movie set where you drive through and there's just flats of buildings. Mm. It's that picturesque. And it looks like one main street. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they also had the big filing cabinets again, by the way. But not Andrea and someone standing on the opposite. No, it was just the detective on one side. But they but had it was very long. Yeah. So, quotes, this was not an investigation of technology. This was an investigation of shoe leather. I have that too. That was a That's good one. That's the detective said. Um, opinion that rang true in a midnight bar tended to clank like empty tin cans in the unkind light of morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
That's good, yeah. too. Um, but jealousy wasn't the only emotion in play. Lust, pride, anger were just a few of the deadly sins investigators found festering that fall. That was really good. Wow. And um, some people are magnets for yeah. kids and dogs. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of a magnet for dogs, but not for kids. You're a magnet for kids. Kids like you, too. You just aren't as fond of them as you are of dogs. <laughs> that was an odd statement. It was. Because he was a magnet for people. I mean, he's a magnet for kids and dogs, too, but he's also a people magnet. Like, people loved mm-hmm. Corey. He had, like, mm-hmm. the smile of smiles. So Yeah. I think he was just saying it because Jesse was a kid at the time. And yeah. he he was one of those guys that kids wanted to hang out He was with. a fun uncle. Yeah. Who got killed yeah, by the fun true. aunt. Mm-hmm. Trouble. There you go. And then the last one was memory is a notorious trickster. Mm-hmm. That I'm just going to make like on a shirt for Keith. you. I feel like Mank is a notorious trickster. Yeah, there we go. Let's, should we jump ahead to titles? Yeah, what you got? Uh, there, none of them are good, but I had one that was would have been so good if it was a few weeks ago. What? And it would be, well, I'll be whammed instead of, well, I'll be. Yeah, D-A-M. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then I would have changed it to whammed because it was during Whamageddon. It's not very good. That's okay. It's still all right. Um, I was trying to get somewhere with um, this case is blowing up or um, a seance or a Ouija board. Yeah, seance like a, is good. A Ouija board. Like I wasn't bored. There was no, I, can, I couldn't think of anything for bored or anything that rhymed with bored. Hmm. Lord. I still can't think of anything. Lord. Cord. I know. A Ouija cut the cord, except there was no one that needed to cut the cord. Yeah. It's okay. It didn't make any sense. It's okay. The seance, say something. I couldn't get there. What did you do? Um, I had uh, a winks and a prayer. Oh, okay. Flying without a net. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also caught up in a net. A net. Uh-huh. Also a fair trial, but a fair is a F F A I R. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then fish or get caught in a net. Instead okay. of fish and cut There bait. you go. See, yeah, I, I tried. It. All right. And then I had mm-hmm. a winks and a nod. Winks and a nod. I don't know. I just was having fun with a net. What's a nod? Nothing. It's nothing. Oh, okay. A nod to the truth. There you go. I'm, I'm writing of... that in. Okay. I'm making it better. <laughs> I'm sure I missed some real obvious ones. I didn't even go for the Satan ones. Because I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I need somebody to tell me. Not today, Satan. In 25 years. Oh! I high five. That was good. Yeah. Thank you. That was really good. Um, Do we have time for Twitter? We always have time for Twitter. Please. Okay. Lady J Dance said, how many women on the jury had slept with Corey 25 years prior? And I thought that was an excellent point. that's an excellent point. Mm Mm-hmm. Who did they have? What would have been best if they had a very young jury? So these would be people not personally remembering the case. Because I think this case was one of those rock the town cases. We've had two of those back to back. But Mm -hmm. okay. Um, Tanya Turner says, this courtroom looks like I pushed a few old mismatched pieces of furniture together in my parents' basement and yelled, all rise. Wow. (laughs) It's really funny. It would be really hard to convict someone in that, though. You got to be like, this is not a real trial. No. (laughs) doesn't count this, this is, is a, no this is no 
Dateline producer said when special agent John Turbot was on his way to interview Annette for the first time, he hit a deer. No, he says a deer hit his car, causing his plans to get delayed. And Patty Daniels says Annette and that black magic. I was just going to say, was the deer possessed? <laughs> That's creepy. No movie yeah. ever starts well when the, like, the animals go bad. And yeah. then you look at it and it's got like one like weird eye. Yeah. Oh, no. And then still do, pulling something. Oh, God. Um, um, AJ McBaker says uh, Kmart and Long John Silver has an honorable mention in tonight's episode. Yeah. Walmart has the night off. Yeah, good. For, they don't have a Walmart. Maybe they, they've got to have a Walmart. But good for Kmart. Kmart's are closing everywhere. Someone mentioned that since it was 1992, perhaps this was before the boom of Walmart's. Oh, it I'm must not be. sure when Walmart's came to fruition. But I can. We just all agree that the lines at Kmart. It's the worst line in the world. I don't know oh, how it's the it, worst. every time. I started crying. No, in yeah, line I can't. Kmart. Like every time I go, and for some reason, I always go when I don't have a ton of time. And I'm like, I yeah. can't. I have to put this back. I need this one thing, and I can't get it because people are I crazy. Go- the only thing I go there for is my frames for my cross-stitch shop because they're actually fairly good quality and they're cheap. Yeah. And um, I always go and there's never a cart out front. Fine. Not a nickel. Um, <laughs> and I go and I get a bunch of like a mm-hmm. stack of like 30 mm-hmm. that I'm holding in my arms until my arms are aching and I'm in the line and I can't the person in front of me won't scooch up just the tiniest no. bit more so I can set them down they won't and I have started crying it's very frustrating it's really bad there and then they're always like somebody is like trying to use a coupon that doesn't work newsflash the coupons that print out on Kmart receipts, they don't work because you have to be a member of some Kmart club. So mm-hmm. unless you're signing up for the Kmart club, don't do it when you're in front of me in line. Mm-mm. If I see you entering an email address, I'm going to get upset. <laughs> We're going to have words. We're not. Uh, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to be like staring daggers. She's going to do a, a seance later with black candles right. and utter your name. I'm not. What I'm going to do is give like a mildly annoyed sigh that then like try to make up for a minute later. Right. Or if they turned around, you'd like cough, like right. pretending exactly. it was like you had you were breathing really hard because you were about to cough. Or like or rub my shoulder like I'm really in pain. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh. Just digging out this knot here. Yeah. Sorry. That's mm. what that noise was. Just really, it um, hurts today. That's Stephanie one said, what's up with the cop saying he didn't record interviews because it was way back in 1992. My mixtape game peaked in like 84. Great point. Good point. Um. Tanya Turner again says, Annette could write a Dr. Seuss book about all the places they had sex. In my car, in the bar, at Jackie's flat, besides my baseball bat. Oh, God. (laughs) Also, why didn't they trace the bat? The bat looked really specific, didn't it? It had like, I don't know about bats, but it had like numbers and stuff on it. Did you see that? Yeah, that makes sense. Again, without the internet, that's... Well, shoe leather. Okay, I had to just take out one that was from Keisler Sozik because Katie thought it was too mean. So I'll read you another one of his, which was CSI Crime Seance, Iowa. Oh, there we go. Um, Shouty. Okay, that's not. It's I Heart Goats. He changed his first part. Um, He's uh, I Heart Goats said we did a play in seventh grade in the school library that had a court set up that looked exactly like this. That's totally what it looks like. You're, you're, you're putting like Captain Hook, <laughs> Judge, won't you throw the book at the pirate? 
It's like you're putting your, like, Lucy on trial because she stole somebody's yogurt. And, like, that's what the trial is about. And then yeah. the eighth grade teacher is has to, is the judge. That was um, kind of rough. So, uh, oh, I Heart Goats again said, um, or I Heart Goat singular. He only loves one goat. Um, I'm sorry. I don't want to bring this up, but we are talking about goats. And this is an episode about satanic panic. I'm not saying there's a correlation, but I am saying, do you worship the devil? I love goat. No, it's it's I heart goat, but it's E Y E also. So he like has an his Illuminati eye goat on a goat, maybe I don't know. Is no, it a gentleman? He, Are we saying he? Do we know the gender of the goat? And it's a gentleman, and we've been reading his tweets for years now. Um, he put a picture of the detective and said, my mustache filters out the lies so I can sniff out the truth. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's real good. I like that one. Good job. I, I heart goat. Yeah. Uh, Jeff mode. Okay. Jeff, I'm sorry. Mod loose. No, can't do it. Never do it. But Jeff is coming to CrimeCon. We're going to get to meet him. And you're going to say gonna first teach thing. teach me how to teach, how to do his name. He said he'll teach me. Jeff, and I'll you need it. to teach me. And then when Kimberly forgets, I'm going to remember. Yeah. Okay. He said, he went to Wendy's afterward. A double header. Gotta respect the reboot power. Well, also, are we sure it was that Wendy's? Or did he go or to did he Wendy's, go to the restaurant? a Wendy's and had a double decker or whatever they're it's, called? It's a great point. It's a great point. Um, redheaded Scott said side piece Annette was getting pissed about side piece Wendy because side piece Annette thought she was the most special of all the side pieces. That's pretty good. That's accurate. I don't get it. Um, Blake Morgan. I'm sorry, but what person just keeps a bunch of black candles on the off chance that you murder someone? She's just being extra. (laughs) I think we figured out that since it was Halloween. But I think this is also the point is that I have a very sort of gothic-esque aesthetic about a lot Mm -hmm. of design things. And I do not currently own any black candles. Which surprises me a lot, actually. But that should show you how surprised I was that she had them. Right. Mm -hmm. That she did not buy them at a voodoo store. Right. Go ahead. Uh, Kim from People Are Wild said, I'd be the worst cold case detective ever because I'd be like, team, what's cooler than being cold? This case. And then I'd start playing Hey Yeah while I danced out of the conference room. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's also said, who else had a baseball bat and a motive? Beyonce and Titus in his lemonade homage. Oh, my gosh. Titus lemonade homage. <laughs> oh, hey, Michael. Like, oh, I got to think of the, oh, I can't. What? How does it go? Oh, it's about Michael, his boyfriend. And it is, I have watched it on repeat probably 5,000 times. It is my favorite, one of my favorite moments in television (laughs) history is Titus in the Lemonade Homage. I love it. Oh, I need that on a sweatshirt. Titus. Peanut. Oh, would it be like the logo? What? Would it be the logo or the photo? Just a picture. Just a picture of Titus doing Lemonade. I'd also like to meet him and have it acted out in person, but that's not going to happen. So (laughs) It's asking for quite a lot. That's a lot. Um, I think that's all we have. Follow us online and all of our platforms and check out our Patreon. And help if every time you send us a little, maybe even $2 a month, it helps us get to CrimeCon where we can promote the podcast and help it find more people. Also, we are going to CrimeCon. So use our code for 10% off. And it also helps us out a lot. So if, if you want to help us out 
and you're going to CrimeCon, use our code DATE2020. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We hope to see everybody there. And if not, here. If not, don't watch alone. Watch with a Sequoia with biceps at your local John Silver if they have TVs and it'll let you change the channel to NBC. If not, then you're going to have to go home and watch with whatever ghosts you can conjure up and apologize for whenever you cut them off in traffic. Wow, that was very specific. Thank you. Go to your local bar. Where everybody knows your name. Winks. Oh, that was good. Next time we come, you come on my screen, I'm going to go, Katie, like I would say, Norm. And then I can sing it? No, we don't have the royalty rights. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Why are they in the attic? I know this has nothing to do. Just remind me. Why are they? Who's shutting them in the attic? Their mother. Oh, it is a mother. It's their mother who's trying to wait out her father's death so she'll get the inheritance because she married her uncle and had these like um, anomaly children, these maybe genetically mutant children. Probably not. It's fine. And, um, but her father disavowed her. But when they lost all their money because the father died, then she took the four children and snuck them into the attic of their house and told, did never told the father that she had children with the husband. And her mom is helping her do this. And they just have to wait, she says, until the father dies. But no, until her husband dies. Her, her, no, until her father dies. Oh, her father. Okay. And um, so they're just waiting and she keeps going up to the attic being like, it's fine. It's fine. Yes. It's going to be soon. It's going to be soon. That. And then they start like sneaking out and looking and seeing that her mom is like now dating this new guy and that her like having a ball, like living it up, like she's rich and again and single and without children. And then the children start getting sick. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. That was really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should cover flowers in the attic for a special episode, it's good. and I will read it, reread it.